0: Mama always told me, podcast is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. This one's called Haven't Seen It. You can follow them at Twitter and Instagram, at Pod, or subscribe and leave them a five-star review wherever you get podcasts. Forrest Gump's coming up next.
1: Haven't Seen It with Tim Sestito and Tommy Tevenay. Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all so much for listening to us today. This is a podcast where one of us is watching a movie for the very first time. And today that person is Tommy as we continue his roll down, just like really classic iconic American films that pretty much everybody and their mother has seen before. Like I tell people that you haven't seen Forrest Gump and they're just like, how did you start a movie podcast with this guy? Like what, how, how?"
0: basically this is just like me uh, checking off my checklist of like shit I should have seen years ago over and over again. But thankfully for us, because I haven't seen so many iconic movies, we get those downloads, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all about the download game, baby. Uh, so, Forrest Gump, based on a novel, the Robert Zemeckis film, starring Tom Hanks. Tommy, just what, what did you th- did you see yourself as Forrest Gump in that movie?
0: No, <laughs> no, no, no. Shockingly, no. Um, you know, the movie is fine, but we'll, we'll get into it.
1: <laughs> all right, this is Forrest Gump.
2: Paramount Pictures presents... My name's Forrest Gump. People call me Forrest Gump. ...the story of a man... Are you stupid or something? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. ...who was good at just one thing. Life. Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Forrest Gump. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, July 6th at theaters everywhere.
1: Forrest Gump, this is the 1994 Academy Award winner, which was a heated contest, right? Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption were also nominated, which are also all considered the best, you know, some of the best movies ever made. I think it's weird watching Forrest Gump, and this is like the fifth or sixth time that I've seen it, where the the story is like very, like there's really no plot. It's just kind of like, this is what happened to Forrest Gump in his life.
0: It's like boomer nostalgia, essentially. (laughs) Oh, it's
1: heavy on the nostalgia. And it's about his relationship with Jenny and then a man that is stupid. They never blatantly call him any truly derogatory terms. They just call him slow. They call him stupid. Stupid is a stupid does. But Tommy, like, what did you, this is your first time. And I remember liking Forrest Gump a lot more my first time watching it than I did this time. And probably part of it is because I knew all the beats of the movie already. Like, what was your, like, how, what what have you seen of Forrest Gump, know of it before going into the full thing?
0: I kind of knew, like, a lot of, like, the plot beats going into this movie. Uh, I guess it's because, like, pop culture is most of us. So, like, I know that, like, Jenny uh, died of um, a mysterious illness. It was AIDS. I mean, they just didn't mention it. I have to imagine. Um, I knew that, like, you know, the Ron Forrest, Ron parts and stuff and how he just, like, somehow influenced a lot of history or just, like, was involved in, like, meaning a lot of precedents. Like, seeing, like, the TBS commercial where I was, like, Forrest Gump coming up next or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to change the channel. <laughs> That's what I used to be like.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because, I like, I, I think the movie itself doesn't work without him, like, just being involved in these historical events. And honestly, most of them just base... Around his time in the in the army right like he only meets lyndon johnson and and richard nixon when he's doing stuff for the army in the uso so i think it's like you almost need it but some of it definitely feels like a little forced like the the we were saying we were talking about it just before the john lennon scene where he's on the couch on the dick cavett show and the guy's like wow he's like yeah i think they didn't have a god and john Lennon's like no religion too it, and and then dick cavett's like oh is, could you even imagine that it isn't hard if you try it's like oh my god this
0: is like just, literally literally just serving it up right there where it's just like oh god is grown inducing that um especially like oh, we were talking earlier like um the nixon scene too where it's just like oh what the hell tell are you staying in buddy and it's just like of course this is where like you know he obviously leads uh Forrest Gump causes the breaking at Watergate to be discovered and everything.
1: <laughs> well I, I think what works to its benefit is because there's a lot like you take the historical moments that Forrest Gump is like influenced in and then you put it with like the real life stuff that he actually like encounters like when he's younger and he's like at the very beginning when he's talking about when he first met Jenny, Jenny didn't like going home because her her mother went up to heaven And a father like touching and kissing, like like very simply stating, like, you know exactly what's going on in that house. Right. But like he's calmly collect like explaining to you exactly why Jenny's gonna go down the path that she's going on. Like it's very clearly stated that like she was sexually abused, and that's why she takes such like a promiscuous path through the sixties and seventies.
0: Well, it's one of those. One of those things that this movie's like known kind of uh, for a while is like almost like a family-friendly movie. That's kind of like a reputation it has. And I feel like if I saw this as a kid, those parts would just go straight over my head, and I wouldn't even know. Like, right, because
1: <laughs> it's not because it's not heavy-handed at all. Um, no, and you need a character like Forrest to make that happen. Like I, like Tom Hanks is is great in this role because you'd never really see him this simple, and he gets rid of like his woody voice like i feel like that's just tom hanks speaking right like that woody voice it comes out at
0: certain points in the movie um like especially when he says like i gotta find bubba and like you're supposed to be in alabama and and it's where you hear the the accent kind of drops a little bit what i found really interesting uh was how hanks found the voice uh when he first did it like the voice was really coming to him and then when they cast the younger kid like the younger version of Forrest, the way that that kid spoke was how Tom Hanks was like, okay, I'm gonna speak out like how this kid speaks. So it's the younger actor in this case influencing the older actor, which you'll know, you almost never see. I feel like it'd be the other way around where the kid would have to do a Tom Hanks impersonation or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, well Zemeckis even said too that like they put this kid through extensive s- screen testing because it was going to be his first time ever being on screen. Would he be able to actually handle the filming part of it? So like he went through a lot of extensive filming but i think it was like the right choice because tom hanks is not from alabama clear as day he's not so realizing that it's better to take somebody native from that that area and learning their dialect i think benefited him and the movie
0: well it's it's interesting um with like tom hanks where like this movie has such a delicate line where it could have gone such in a bad way uh the people that they were Thinking of casting at first, like the writer of the novel. This is based off a novel. In the novel, the force comes more of a heavy set guy. So he imagined John Goodman in the role, which eh, no wouldn't have worked. But then it could have even gotten worse. I mean, John Travolta. Uh
1: eh, I don't know. I kind of want to see that version with John Travolta. I'm not going to lie well, to you.
0: It's like the fanatic. Uh, he was in that movie, fanatic, where he played like a dim-witted guy. Yes, and so it's, yes. It's like very, very poorly received. But uh, thankfully, Travolta didn't do it. And then uh, also, like chevy chase bill murray and sean penn were also offered it, it's with the uh former two guys like you couldn't imagine that they'd be like
1: wrong charisma for those two they're snarky assholes like you need yeah gentle delicate like all-american boy
0: i guess bill murray would have been doing like a riff off of this character in Shack, but it wouldn't have fit the tone of the movie it would have seemed like mean-spirited where it's just like oh this is kind of like punching down on people
1: <laughs> yeah you I mean, I know Hanks has his comedy background, but like I never think of Hanks in the like, yeah, it would really come off like punching down on Forrest. And Hanks does treat the character with a lot of respect and realizing that, yeah, he's slower than other people, but he's not an idiot. Like he knows what love is. He knows how to take care of himself. Like he knows how to to live his life. Like and he's lived a life unlike most other people. He went to the Vietnam War. He got shut in the book talks. And the best part of getting shot in the buttocks was the ass cream.
2: ice cream, <laughs>
1: Lieutenant Dan. Ass cream. Actually, I think it was a good... Like, what did you think of the relationship between Lieutenant Dan and Forrest?
0: It was very endearing. It was, um, you, you did kind of like, I was listening to Blank Check uh, talk about this movie recently and they're talking about how when Lieutenant Dan comes and he sees like, with uh, Forrest after the talk show, he sees John Lang. He's like, how the hell is all this happening to you? Essentially, uh, Lieutenant Dan's playing like the Frank Grimes in the Simpsons kind of role where he's just like, how is all this outlandish things happening to this one person? Just like, what is going on here? He's almost the audience surrogate in that point right there. And I think that their relationship pretty much warmed over time, especially like when they had the two uh, women in the hotel room and Lieutenant Dan stood up for him and was like, don't call him an idiot and everything like that. They had a very warm and daring uh, relationship. I think it was a great through line throughout the movie.
1: Yeah. And I think for Forrest Gump, right? Like the reason all these things keep happening to him is because he's like somebody that almost blends into wallpaper. You know what I mean? Like just like He's always quiet. He only really speaks when spoken to, but I think he's, he's able to connect with humans on his actions. Like the Vietnam scene, like he saved five men. Like he ran back into the forest. I was about to get napalm to, to save Bubba. And he pulled out five members of his platoon that were left for dead essentially. And, and like, that's uh Lieutenant Dan's Gary Sinise. His biggest like thing. He, Like Forrest said, like every one male in in his family always died in an American war. So this was his time to die. That was his destiny, right? But Forrest ends up giving him a new destiny, letting him create his own life. He gets involved in the Bubba Gump Shrimping Co. He gets married. He gets the fake legs in. I know that Gary Sinise actually has a band that he when he plays with the band, they donated all to like the Wounded Warrior Project or something like that. He has his own charity now, too. Um, yeah. Oh, so it's his so own charity? Okay.
0: He has his own charity now, too, where it's just essentially like uh, it's similar to wooden Warriors type stuff where it helps like veterans that have like, debility to contain injuries. Gary Saints was a perfect, uh, perfectly cast. Uh, apparently, Joe Pesci was almost up for the role. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been so bad because you just imagine him in Home Alone just like cursing or whatever, or like the good fellows role where it's like, oh, fucking Forrest. Uh, r- 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 razzle, razzle, razzle. <laughs> type
1: shit. I, I want the John Travolta, Joe Pesci cut of Forrest Gump so badly. You have no idea that would be, it would be one of the greatest bombs in the history of Hollywood. And I would, I would be here for it. So much.
0: it's like, it's like simple Jack and Tropic Thunder, where It's is like, yes. Oh God, this is just
1: so, so poorly
0: thought out and conceived.
1: <laughs> well, I, think Tra, I think Travolta could maybe pull it off. I, I don't know if he would get the accent down though. For, Cause like if the character has to be from Alabama, you need the heavy Southern accent to work. 90% of the time and Hank gets it to work enough, but I, I think, you know, that's his character. It's, you know, his character is, he's stupid, but he's always strong in the face of courage. And that's why he's just so endearing to people and he just does things. And there's no real explanation other than he does it right. Like when he runs across the country for three straight years, it's because Jenny leaves him for the lap for the second to last time which i don't that that one always kind of confuses me i don't get why she leave she like sleeps with him and then leaves him she uh, she basically
0: just like has a lot of complications in her i think that she just pretty much realized that like she couldn't maybe like you know handle forest or something like that Or she's like i need to be on my own at this
1: point i think she doesn't want to i think she always wanted to prove to herself that she didn't have to rely on any man to take care of her or she didn't want to like drag Forrest into her own complications but it's oh it's very ambiguous which I guess I I like in a movie like this where it's ambiguous but Forrest's love for her is is endearing because she's the one woman outside of his mother that like truly understood who he was you know
0: yeah no it's it's just one of those things that like throughout the movie you, you hear pieces throughout the uh, throughout the years now of people have been like oh is Jenny really like the villain of Forrest Gump or like how terrible was she and I, I wouldn't really say that do you think that she was like really just like a bad person or do you think that she was just a like very complicated dealing with a lot of turmoil? Because I, I think,
1: I think she was dealing with a lot of turmoil and you don't get Jenny Gump, the movie you get Forrest Gump, the movie and you see like just snippets of what she's going through and that she kind of gets involved in the rock scene of the sixties and seventies gets involved with drugs and th- things like that. We were talking about the needle drops that are in Forrest Gump. And I think easily the best one is free bird. When, Jenny's considering taking her own life after looks like she slept with some producer or some like rock star, whatever. And she goes out onto his balcony and steps up and like the guitar just kind of like, it just cuts very quickly into the, into the solo. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, like you get the moments that she's like in a bad place. Like there's another time where she's waking up from a different bed. She just looks into and starts like, you know, taking his wallet and things like that looking for, looking at herself in the mirror and just like those pauses like you just get the little glimpses of it so you don't really get enough fleshed out about jenny other than her relationship with forest but you get I, I the think it snippets yeah i think it does too um and i mean you can hear at the end after jenny passes away from a, a disease you were saying it's aids i this she died in like 83 in the movie so i think it's a little early for AIDS. I think it's supposed to I think to be... it would have
0: been right at the beginning. It, I, think
1: it's impli- I think it's implied to be that, but it's not... They're not saying what it is. Um, but the way Forrest, like, after discovering that he... That Jenny carried his child and marrying her and bringing her in, and this is him kind of reciting to her at her gravestone. Just, just a little piece of it.
2: You died on a Saturday morning. I had you placed under a tree. And I had that house of your father bulldozed to the ground. Mama always said dying was a part of life. I sure wish it was Little Forest, is doing just fine.
1: But
2: About to start school again soon. I make his breakfast, lunch, yes. and dinner every day. I make sure he combs his hair, and brushes his teeth every day. Teaching him how to play ping pong. He's really uh, good. Of course you go. <laughs> we fish a lot. And every night we read a book. you so smart, Jenny. You'd be so proud of him
1: right like i think like listening to this clip over again for me gives me the understanding that like jenny always ran from forest because she didn't she always had this man that loved her unconditionally in her life that she didn't get from her father right she didn't have that male figure and the more that he would learn about her life and her path would she would was worried that it would like damage her his view of her but i think he just unconditionally loved her no matter what right like it's, uh,
0: well it, that scene right there uh, essentially i'd say that's pretty much what nabbed uh tom hanks the oscar right there
1: oh absolutely it was that scene and the scene where he goes where he meets forrest jr mm-hmm. and he goes is he like me and he's yeah. like very choked up because no, he's smart as an, you know, smartness as, as an ox or whatever. Smartest in his and you class. Get,
0: you can see Tom Hanks in that scene, just like literally his face, just like about to break down crying because he ha- is asking a question that he doesn't really want to know the answer for. I, I, I do agree with you earlier with what you were saying about Jenny, where it's just like, you know, there's so many points in this movie where uh, Jenny gets into a situation where like a guy like harasses her or something like that or like, and immediately Forrest goes and just goes up to the person and just beats the living crap out of <laughs> Just over and over and wheels on them, and she's like Forrest. No, and she always gets mad, and then that's where she's like, "I like uh, Forrest. Like you can't do this. I'm, I'm gonna go away." Essentially, <laughs> she just doesn't want Forrest to get wrapped up in like the turmoil of her life.
1: Yeah, and I think like that's also kind of why you need Forrest to be entangled in history because Jenny's kind of entangled in like the more pop culture side of, of history, right? Like she's entangled in like the, I guess like the social politics side of it, right? She's with the black the culture, panther the Yeah, exactly. The counterculture. I have no idea how we didn't get a clip of Jenny at Woodstock. It's like it almost blows my mind that that was just not in this movie. (laughs) Of like all the boomer hits that uh,
0: they could have hit, and that was the one that they didn't. You can almost see like uh, Tom Hanks being superimposed on the stage or something like that of Woodstock, where like somehow he gives a speech up there.
1: No, he wouldn't be there, but she, she like they would have superimposed her into that. Well, they were talking. That was like the big visual effects thing that they did was the super imposing like that was the groundbreaking technology which it's not jurassic park but it certainly does um you know so like i this... think the same
0: company ilm yeah it was except, like,
1: magic it was always ilm especially at that time and when like Forrest meets the presidents and stuff like they had to go through archival footage and basically to put tom hanks against a blue screen with little like marks and annotations and stuff like that for where JFK was like they pulled some like random meet and greet right and then they just Mm -hmm. like I think they got a voice actor to do JFK voice and and like and like had them shaking the hands like Forrest Gump is superimposed in that moment where a woman is is meeting JFK (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
0: and there's other ones where it's just like literally like they just put like Tom Hanks's face on like someone else's for the Lyndon Johnson scene there's like an uncanny valley, though, with a lot of the scenes, especially with like John Lennon in that point where he's talking and like the lips don't really sink. Feel. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of odd in that way. Um, I do like the Elvis scene. Do you know who uh, did the voice of Elvis?
1: It was um, Peter. Was it Kurt Russell?
0: Kurt Russell did the voice he wasn't the actor but uh, two, two movies in a row we're covering Kurt Russell I guess technically
1: <laughs> uh, mate, That must make you thrilled but I, I always thought at least like especially the JFK one I thought that's where like the, the Little humor in the movie kind of Came through and you just get a little bit More insight into To like the mind Of a man that's this simple you know what I mean
2: Now the really good Thing about meeting the president of the United States is the food They put you in this little room with just about anything you want to eat or drink. And since, number one, I wasn't hungry, but thirsty. And number two, they was free. I must have drank me about 15 Dr. Peppers. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? It's an honor, sir. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? Very good, sir congratulations how does it feel to be an all-american very good sir congratulations how do you feel i gotta (laughs) pay i believe he said he had to go pee
1: (laughs) right it's just like a little moment like that right like like you've it's for simplicity it's like how do you feel right now so he answered it literally i have to pee, tommy (laughs) if you and i met the president of the united states if we had to pee, we probably wouldn't let the president know that we had to pee. Although it'd be pretty cool to pee if, in the Oval Office bathroom. Like, if you asked in that moment, you probably get the presidential toilet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just get like the best toilet in the fucking uh, whole entire USA.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, just right like there. one of the most restricted toilets in all of America, right? Like that would be pretty <laughs> cool. That would be pretty cool. So you got to give Forrest Gump credit for that. You know, it's like usually just top political advisors.
0: His great historical thing, right there, peeing in the Oval Office. <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe it, it's up there because like because <laughs> it's just like it's just weird how the hit, the history kind of like flows through him, but not like I guess the Watergate's really the only instance of him like influencing history, which which was a little like, OK, like those are the ones that you could cut out, I think would be a little bit better but like I thought like him going to Vietnam was like really powerful um and founding the shrimping company and always making sure that Bubba's family got got a cut of it was always a really like nice moment so um
0: I want to touch on the Vietnam scene for a little bit um I honestly watching it was probably the best stretch of the movie I think um has I don't think Zemeckis has like really made like a proper war movie before um or since really um Right? Like, unless I'm like thinking of anything, there's Allied, but I don't know if that was like a full on war movie. But the scenes in there, you watch that and you just think, like, oh my God, this is shot so visually great. There's a great little anecdote where uh, the scene where like pretty much like all the explosions are happening. They're filming this in South Carolina and they pretty much had one chance to film the shot of the explosions and they film it and everything. Everything gets filmed in, uh, in one shot. And Robert Zemeckis wasn't there because he was taking a shit and missed the whole entire scene. <laughs> and thank god it looks good on a good on camera set because you can imagine it's almost like a Tropic Thunder like a uh, blunder right there just like oh my god we just blew our one chance of getting this game the shot
1: yeah yeah I'm looking at it I don't think he yeah I don't he really doesn't have any war movies on his I guess Beowulf but that's like an epic poem it's not like a war movie like, no no it's just like more combat than his other ones like he It's very weird after forrest gump he did some tales from the crypt episodes castaway and then he got really into like the stop motion polar express beowulf a christmas carol like those like look at how far we're pushing pushing cgi right and it's like yeah
0: eh. and now those movies all have like the kind of like uh uncanny valley thing where it's just like tom hanks and polar express his eyes just look so creepy
1: (laughs) It's, it's funny because now he's like he's associated with visual effects and like obviously his biggest achievement in that front is roger rabbit but like i think of back to the future one right like back to the future one like when the delorean things they're like standing on the flames like it's not good visual effects and back to the future one at all and then yeah. i guess <laughs> roger rabbit just like unlocked this like idea for him because everything going forward is really about him like pushing the scale pushing the scope right like he did the was it i didn't see it but the walk the one with joseph gordon levitt where he does the guy who crossed the 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 trapeze guy who crossed the the twin towers on uh on the trapeze with the thing right like he's always about that he's really become about that like scale and scope and how can we push like computer visuals forward he's like he's essentially what george lucas should have been but like george lucas couldn't like right characters he's, and stuff like that so he just doesn't
0: know what a script is i mean like i'm trying to think like the only like really like small movie that zemeckis has made since like forrest gump i guess would probably be what lies beneath i mean what lies beneath has like a budget even that, that i can't even call that a small movie that a hundred million dollar budget <laughs> which i didn't know i thought that movie was just, like a typical ghost story uh but yeah he just from this point forward just like he's never gonna do anything small budget
1: <laughs> no not even small budget it's I would like to see him actually do a a movie that like like, go back to his roots. Like I feel like all of his movies are like these mystical tales and like fairy tales and like really big like events and scope and stuff like that. But I think he's a good care. I think he's really good at working with actors and getting really great performances. And I wish he would kind of focus on smaller stories and pushing like the boundary, pushing the visual effects boundaries in that way. Maybe we so gotta, not like, should we get who frames roger rabbit too no i'm kidding we shouldn't we should
0: is is this how uh, so is this where we say we're really excited to see him do uh pinocchio with tom hanks as geppetto
1: it's like uh it's like uh it's like if they casted tom hanks in an elvis movie and made him the fat guy oh god <laughs> speaking of tom hanks accent works i mean th- it works for this movie but
0: apparently elvis even the trailers, you, you laugh out loud when you fucking hear that. It's like,
1: oh. <laughs> I'm typically anti the uh, the mu- like the music biopic, but I kind of want to see the eldest one. Like Austin Butler looks like he he rocks it in that movie. And Baz Lurchman, I
0: mean, like you know he knows how to fucking shoot a musical music scene. So I mean, uh, that alone, I think is probably
1: the, price of the mission. Yeah, it's, it, it seems more of like an HBO movie than like a go to the theater movie. But I would like to see it. I I suppose it would be good i've heard it was pretty good yeah <laughs> heard some good well here's another weird thought i've had i've thought about with like tom hanks like he's really not he's he is he the ultimate good guy because i really struggle to think of instances of him as a villain in a movie. i i
0: don't even I'm, I'm gonna look at his filmography real quick but i mean like i can't remember him like playing like a really menacing
1: villain i i Maybe. think in this one like the guy that he in the, or in, not in this one in the in the in the uh, Elvis movie, the guy he plays is like, suppose like the guy who, you know, the manager that was there for him at the beginning, but then tries to like sabotage him when it becomes too big or whatever. There was one movie The Circle that I didn't see that got terrible reviews where it looked like he was oh, going to yeah. be the bad guy.
0: That movie is essentially like, he's like evil Steve Jobs, essentially. Um, so, I mean, I guess that, that's her answer right there. Um, but no one remembers that movie and it was really shitty. It was uh, Bill Paxson's last movie for her, but we don't need to talk about the circle <laughs> no,
1: but like like you just look through his filmography like he's just he's always the good guy
0: and, and like i i guess like the closest i mean other than this i could think of is like in the first toy story i mean he's um, not a villain No, but, but he's, he's kind a, of a dick he's, he's, he's your protag- dick like-
1: he, he's your protagonist
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you, you know he needs to be that way but yeah it, it's very strange like i would love to see like a good a good tom
0: hanks film like tom hanks as a bond villain or something like that where he's just like an american
1: yeah i would love to see tom i actually would like to see tom hanks as a bond villain although they said they're going to do a whole new thing with james bond so i'm sure they're going to make one terrible movie and then go back to the formula that works yeah exactly (laughs) you can't trade too much whatever like what do you think they're going to do like do you think they're going to go female with him or, or with 007 or whatever
0: I I mean, I I think that they're just going to find whoever the best actor is. I don't know if they're going to do essentially like a woman being Bond um, or like a person of color or whatever, but I mean, whatever it is, I
1: don't know. I I personally, I don't have a problem with a person of color. I think with the women, I think like you better get the best screenwriter on the planet to do it because people are going to hate the movie. Um, Like I'm guessing they're going to like lean away from his like womanizing and stuff like that is probably my guess is like a revamp of the character. I, I feel like in the Craig movies, they didn't touch
0: upon that nearly as much as, like, the... the, earl, the Like, you know,
1: Casino Royale, they did.
0: Yeah. Casino Royale is one of the, like, stands out for that, where, like, he was, like, really a womanizer, but, like, it's not like uh, Sean Connery, where like, yeah. she's just, like, every time it's just a woman. So, uh, Sally Field in this movie has uh, forced mom to segue a little bit. What I found funny was, she's played Tom Hanks' love interest in a movie called Punchline about, like, five years before this. <laughs> so, go...
1: they said that was the awkward thing of asking her to do it being like well you're you know you're going to be aged when you're actually with tom hanks on the screen but we would love you to be be the mother and i watched a behind the scenes which was which was pretty much just fluff there was nothing really interesting there but tom hanks was like like yeah i I was sally field's love interest in a in another movie so talk about that shock of reality when she's asked to be my mother in this one
0: (laughs) it's a good thing no one remembers that, uh,
1: movie. <laughs> that <other> movie punchline <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't think that i don't think that matters too too much right unless it's like a titanic right like kate and leo you know what i like iconic movie romance yeah like-
0: yeah If it was like uh if you went from like sleepless in seattle which like tom makes mm-hmm. a meg ryan and then yeah like, th- and then meg ryan ends up playing like fucking like uh like force's mom or something like that uh yeah. two years later <laughs> that would be one of those things where it's like ah god no fuck this
1: yeah no she wouldn't and sally fields just has that like like stern gentleness to her that she I, was aunt may wasn't she uh, in, well, in the garfield are, movies we, we don't we don't need to talk about those movies. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, she she has a good she has a good like uh role now just like in that motherly
1: role yeah, she, she's that. very good in that like motherly role of you know kind of giving off that especially in this one where when you're dealing with somebody like Forrest right and Forrest is simple right like they call him stupid right Mm, yeah Uh, and Forrest even says she was always the best at explaining things for me to understand it and it showed how much like she truly loved him and I mean there was the part in the beginning where uh, she kind of does anything she possibly can to get Forrest into that public school that that he wasn't going to qualify <laughs> for uh, that part was actually hilarious where yeah where the guy walks out afterwards and the he's like, boy you don't know how much your mother cares about your schooling." and he just goes Ugh, uh, uh, like he's just imitating the moans that he does that got a laugh out of me that was I was like that's yeah, that's the, funny I didn't expect this movie to be as funny
0: as it was I, I, I always thought this was gonna be kind of a more of like a serious drama or something like that and I was just like oh this is gonna be like a slog but there's like so many scenes like that or like uh in the beginning where tom hanks says uh he's like forest uh my i was named after like a kkk guy or something
1: like oh that, yeah just... yeah the guy who founded <laughs> the ku klux klan again that was another one where it's just like all right maybe adding a like we don't it, it, i don't know if it needed that but whatever uh what did, yeah. what did you think about his relationship with bubba
0: I thought that it was just a really endearing friendship. I just love that one scene of just Bubba just lift off uh, all the different shrimps. I think that Bubba himself just really like played a good like rapport with uh, Forrest right there. And you can really see like why those two characters bonded immediately. And I, I thought that was really sweet. And like one of the most emotional scenes in the movie was what I said earlier he you was know, like
1: I gotta fight Bubba <laughs> yeah and you know for Forrest it's kind of like anybody that just accepts him for who he is and doesn't try to like patronize him or like Bubba just speaks to him about the, the shrimping business like he had been in the shrimping business for 50 years and Forrest just like kind of nods silently but I think he ultimately always appreciates just being treated like a normal human being which is what his mother does, what Jenny does and what, what Bubba does and what ultimately um, Lieutenant Dan does. Right. Like just treat treat him like he's just anybody else, even if he's a little slower than, than your average person, but it's, it's not detrimental to Forrest. And like, the more we kind of like talk about it, the more you get the sense of like why all these pieces are in there. It's really just like some of the, the, the historical anomaly ones don't make a ton of sense like what did you think of him being like a world-class ping-pong player
0: i I thought it was just kind of funny just like random like zaniness of of the movie where it's just like okay we're going to this now where it's just like okay i guess Forrest has this uh, thing it could have gone a little bit weirder where like apparently in the book Forrest was an astronaut at one point Forrest was a world wrestler and that would have been too like over the top right there um but it, it did kind of feel a little bit great in that way So, yeah. And they didn't really do it like a Rain Man type thing which apparently Warner Brothers was going to do this movie originally And they passed because Rain Man won the best Picture like that, that year in 86 And they're like oh I was like 89 you know, this... I think Whenever it was but uh, Warner Brothers Decided to pass on pass on this movie because they're like Oh it's too similar to Rain Man which I oh,
1: don't know not really
0: <laughs> Other than the main character
1: Yeah I mean they're very different movies I think, like, the more, just being able to, like, kind of talk it out like this, it, I see the enduring nature of this movie. Like, it's still considered yeah. one of the most popular movies ever made. You talk to any well, anybody that you know, they've they've probably seen Forrest Gump.
0: Well, it's weird that, like, in recent years, this movie has gone, like, a critical reevaluation, which most people nowadays don't think this movie is as great as it used to be it's gone over like a little bit lower critical evaluation where it's just like, ah, maybe it's a little too earnest or a little too like hokey and stuff like that. But for the most part, I didn't really feel that way. My only real main criticism of the movie would be the needle drops, I'd say, because I felt like it was just like, what's the most like obvious and like stereotypical needle drop that can put right here. Like for example, like in Vietnam, Oh, we got to play fortunate son. Of course, Korean school water revival. It's like a, Law and Hollywood. You need to play that song if you're doing
1: any scene in Vietnam. Did, did does Credence Cree Water revival like have a deal with ho- like every Hollywood studio? <laughs> like, honest yeah. to God, like I don't I, <laughs> seriously. I, I want I want to do a podcast now on the deep dive of the origin of Fortunate Son in every single Vietnam movie because it's in every. I can't think of a Vietnam movie. It's it's even in Full Metal Jacket. Like it's it's in every single one of them.
0: Yeah, it's it's like one of those things that like yeah yeah that song was about Vietnam, but just like come on, there's so many other songs from that era you could easily pick like uh, like even Destruction probably or like I don't know.
1: <laughs> but even at the, like at this point, it's just like everybody if you, there's a movie about Vietnam, you know as hell, Fortunate Son's gonna be played. Like I'm surprised somebody like Kubrick like let that happen in his movie. Like I really wonder if they have a deal. Like I just don't understand how it gets into <laughs> you need to movies. put this. <laughs> <laughs> you like freeze clover sues a hollywood
0: studio if they don't have in the movie we're just like this is bullshit and you know that you're supposed to fucking put her song in this i mean one of the ones that maybe grown the worst in this fucking movie was uh when Forrest was running and they played jackson brown's running on empty and i was like oh come on
1: <laughs> oh, tommy <laughs> wasn't as good as uh as uh, high fidelity needle drops i felt more natural <laughs> yeah no for sure the needle drops were they are what they are but i I think when I think of this movie, it's just it's a lot sweeter and a lot more endearing than a lot of like dra- like dramas like this are that focus yeah. on a character in a way like Forrest doesn't win or lose at the end because he loses Jenny, but he gains a son, right? Like it's a very ambiguous ending and it's really not it's really not a traditional storyline. It's just like him telling bus stop passengers his life story and we get to to, to see it even though Jenny lives five blocks away.
0: Yeah. What I find interesting about that framing device is that you um, notice throughout the throughout the movie is that almost every time it cuts to a different person. I wish I did, did that or that really every single time it was a different person. But you notice that each person that comes to the bus stop is more and more interested in his story and hearing him talk. Like the first lady at the bus stop pretty much is just trying to be like, can this guy just stop bothering me? <laughs> it's just like, I'm just trying to mind my own business, like read, read my uh, magazine or whatever. And that's the what old fat guy is the next one. And he's just like, so bewildered bill- by the whole story. And the next one's the old lady. And the old lady is just so interested and so captivating.
1: What did the big guy be- say? He said something like, boy, that was you. <laughs> I don't believe that. You know what I, I believe? A- or yeah. when he said he started, like when he was like, I got the bubblegum shrimp and company. We had three different boats there's restaurants there's all the you know all this stuff and he's like he's like and now you're telling me you found a bubblegum shrimping company yes sir (laughs) i believe a lot of things but i don't believe that and then the lady's like well, go on tell me about jenny
0: well yeah the old lady like she literally like uh doesn't go to a bus that she was supposed to go on she's like oh i can wait a little bit more and then like whereas the first lady like literally she just can't wait to get out of that situation
1: (laughs) well to to be fair the parts of him at the beginning, not as interesting if you're just sitting as an idle passerby or waiting for your bus. Yeah. Then like him being on the Alabama football team under Bear Bryant, like I know you don't know who that is, but Bear Bryant is one of the most. I know he's a famous. He's like arguably the most influential college football coach, one of them of all time. Uh, He's like a god in Tuscaloosa. So Forrest being on that team, I, I, I thought that was cute too, where he like runs through the tunnel the first time and then the second touchdown he gets they had the signs that said stop for a stop like when he hits the end zone so they would <laughs> drop the thing down so he would stop running like i thought that i thought that was i thought that was like kind of cute it what, was interesting too is that like he the only two sexual experiences we see with him are both with jenny and the first time is he he like just literally touches her and it's implied that you know yeah and then He the- gets
0: a mess down there, but um, I love how the fucking roommate is in the room. Oh, the yes.
1: I completely had forgotten about that.
0: I was thinking about the whole time. I was just like, so Jay's just like the shittiest roommate where she's just like, oh, yeah, like, whatever, we're going to do this right in front. And like, and I love that they cut to the end of that scene of just like the roommate wide awake, just being like in shock, just like, oh, my
1: God. <laughs> no iPods or our Spotify playlist to just plug your headphones in on that one, huh? You just you're kind of had to sit there and suck it up. Let's <laughs> just grin and bear it i am a star i'm a star i'm a star i'm a star i am a big bright shining star so who is the star of this movie is probably the simplest question we've ever had to ask because it's i mean it's there's a lot of great performances uh, but tom hanks yes it's his movie it's very e- it's very easy to understand why he won best actor in this movie, I mean, he was up against. Uh, that
0: being said, though, it was a very tight race for him uh, because what he was up against Morgan Freeman for Shawshank, and Travolta for Paul, uh, Pulp Fiction, and just those two alone. I mean, Travolta's great. Morgan Freeman, I think, is the one that you can make the argument for that could have probably beat uh, Tom Hanks for this for the Oscar. It's a t- it's a tough two two man race right there. I'd say. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I think Forrest Gump is like way more Oscar although Shawshank is kind of like an Oscar Beatty movie too, but like Forrest Gump, like just with all the history stuff that they like entangle there, that's, that's just such like Academy sniffing their own farts. Kind of, kind of, kind of junk.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. Where It's just like the boomer and the nostalgia. Where it's just like, Oh, it wasn't that great back then or whatever.
1: <laughs> and I, you know, the one we've talked about Jenny, but we haven't really talked about Robin Wright's performance. And I, you know, she's really, she's fantastic in this because she has to play Jenny. So, subtly right like Mm -hmm. jenny's emotions and like just like your context of jenny because like there's all the memes and stuff about how jenny's just terrible to forrest gump or whatever but like i said at the beginning there's that one thing where it's like very clearly obvious she was like sexually abused as a child and things like that so jenny like that's what led her down this path right of never really having a true father figure and like she only she gets very limited screen time to showcase the emotions because she gets probably like three to four minutes of the movie, if that, without Forrest as a part of, uh, you know, without interacting with Forrest. And I think she really does the best with it because each time you see her more and more, you just see her losing herself more and more. It's kind of shocking she wasn't nominated
0: for an Oscar herself. I mean, like, I think that it was just as great as, like, Tom Hanks' performance, even like the one part where she's throwing the rocks at her old house, just like breaking down crying. Yeah. Right there. I mean, like, she should have been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, I don't know if it'd be best supporting or. Uh, she'd be
1: supporting. For, she'd be supporting for sure, in my opinion. Because uh, yeah. Tom Hanks is really the only lead. But, you know, Sally Field, Gary Sinise, like, all the actors in this are terrific it's it really is like a smaller cast than you would think of for a movie that's this wide you you know that like is as big of a story as it is like you've bubba but you know other than those five like everybody else everybody else's character is in it for like a a scene or two like if that
0: they just talk to Forrest briefly and it's just like okay whoever and then just like this historical uh, person this historical person oh it's abby hoffman it's uh so-and-so blah, blah blah over and over again but like, they don't really pop up but yeah it's like a tight cast of what five or six maybe
1: <laughs> yeah for the it's, most part. it's really and like Bubba is like he's only really in it for a, a short period of time too it's not really in it that long like you usually just see Forest interact with the person and then you see maybe like the after effect of their life after encountering Forest. and I, I I don't know it. This movie is just endearing and sweet, and we don't get enough like sweet movies like this. You know, it's a lot of them are usually much. You know, this could have taken a much darker tone very easily. Mm. And I yeah. think Zemeckis is kind of the right guy, just looking at his body of work of always keeping things lighter and keeping things more like keeping that tone like more sweet and more family friendly. Because even think back to Back to the Future, which is you know you had Romancing the Stone before that, but is bigger breakout like that movie is so endearing because it's, it, it does have that sweetness to it and that like i, I that think charm. that's why this
0: i think it's why this movie i think for the most part would still work today i don't think you'd have to change that much um because it doesn't like we were saying earlier like not like Chevy chase or bill murray in this role where it would have been punching down it's really treats the character with respect and not in a way that's just like i oh, look at this st- stupid idiot or whatever which would have been like an awful way Would be like ah nobody would care about this movie and be awful and we all hate it so i think that they just handle it with some real dignity they get forced a lot of dignity in this movie
1: what would you do you think they should make a sequel to forrest gump
0: they were about to
1: really they were actually going yeah. to
0: they were actually going to because they made a sequel novel where uh the sequel novel is like basically he meets tom hanks and like Everything that happened to him, uh, I like think they made a movie about his life or everything like that, and he hated it. They were going to make the sequel, then nine eleven happened, and Eric Roth, the screenwriter, Robert Semescas, and Tom Hanks were like, ah, let's shelf this. I mean, what would be the 21st century version of uh, Forrest Gump if it was like the remake or something like that, the reboot, where it's just like, what? He uh, like tells uh, George Bush that is like, oh, yeah, we won the war, like victories.
1: <laughs> I met these two turbaned men in an airport, oh, and I goodness. asked them what they did for a living and they told me they were airline pilots i never heard about those two fellows he goes
0: on the print he goes on the apprentice he tells trump he's like you would make a good president
1: yeah no see they wouldn't do that hollywood wouldn't do that That oh yeah no 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 that'd be too much or he would tell him be like you'd be a terrible president and that's what sparked his. and then that man ended up winning the election that like that like that kind of stuff yeah i think i think just with like the onslaught of social media it's too cynical you would need more time to pass like it's weird to cover history from five years ago in a movie that's like sentimental and sweet because
0: even this like forrest gump ended what like in 82 the movie
1: 82 or 83 something like that so
0: 12 12 years later or something like that was when they started doing everything so i mean i don't know I, i imagine like forrest gump like Experiencing like the financial crisis or something like that, twenty eight or two thousand eight. <laughs>
1: like, oh god. <laughs> I think it would be interesting if his kid, if, if they filed, if it was just Forrest Gump Jr., right, and then like he started. Google, Haley Joe Osmond <laughs> started Well, they'd have to recast him now. But oh,
0: that, that that would be that would be Forrest Gump would be like, oh, like you should. This is a real Google.
1: Uh, this is real making me Google
0: around, and that's how they get the name or something like that. It's yeah, it great. would
1: be it would be corny like that. <laughs> They shouldn't do a forest cup. I think we're talking it out and I get why Zemeckis and Hanks and people who know a little bit more about making movies than we do were just like (sighs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind (laughs) of the more the more we talk about, the more it's like, oh this is this is bad. (laughs)
2: Ah Are you ready, comedy partner? Waka Waka.
1: But to ask the really, really important question, would this work as a Muppet adaptation? I I don't know how, but I kinda wanna see it. Like it would take now. It would take the entire <laughs> Muppet. It would take every single Muppet puppet they've ever made to fill everything out. But if you left Tom Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump and Miss Piggy as as Jenny, or no, I guess uh, it would be uh, who's the what's the girl that the bass player in the in the band? Oh, Janice. Janice, Janice and Miss Janice Piggy would, would be, be Jenny. Janice would be Jenny and Miss Piggy would be. Uh, uh, my, my
0: I, I think more than anything, I just want to see a Muppet Vietnam movie. If we did like Platoon but Muppets or something like that,
1: <laughs> you just, just imagine like Gonzo, like it, you know, like smoking a cigarette, like with the with like the the rifle on the helicopter, just like with Fortunate Son playing, like the puppeteer <laughs> bobbing his head, and you just like your Forrest Gump and and Fozzie Bear just sitting there, <laughs> right, like like looking at each other. I'm kind of. I sell myself pretty much on every single Muppet adaptation, and uh, <laughs> I,
0: I think just just put that one scene in as a Muppet adaptation. Just like just give us a Vietnam, just give us a war Muppet movie. Come on. <laughs> oh,
1: so then, who would Kermit be? Would Kermit be would would be Lieutenant Dan?
0: Kermit Kermit would be Lieutenant Dan. Um, would Grover would Grover have to be uh, Bubba? Uh, Ro- n-
1: not I, Grover. Um, I said I said Fozzie. Gonzo, Gonzo. I said Fozzie. Fozzie would be, Fozzie would be Fo- good
0: fuzzy make more sense
1: (laughs) so all right muppet adaptation disney again like you know we're we're literally just sitting here waiting to make you money so please please we would like to you (laughs) know advance our careers further so hit us up but anyway tommy review time
0: all right so um i did like this movie uh first time watch i watched it yesterday on 4th of july um so pretty perfect time to watch this movie um I did like it. Um, it. It had some good points. And like I said, I wasn't really a fan of the needle drops and how like basic it was right there. Um, force as a character was very endearing and kind of won me over in a lot of points. I do think the movie was a little too long. Probably dragged a little bit. So I'm going to give this 3.5 out of 5. Um, I liked it.
1: I'll, d- I'll probably watch
0: it again. But, you know, it was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. It's a good movie. It's really sweet. It's mm. a total movie that you can always put on on a Sunday morning or something not on in the background you always find something that catches your eye to to watch it it's endearing and Forrest's character is great and really nice how all of his actions kind of flesh out his character for somebody that doesn't you know have a ton to say compared to other protagonists in movies but I think some of the historical stuff is really just kind of crammed in there for nostalgia's sake and I think the movie would have been better off with a little less of that, but 3.5 out of 5. Very good movie.
0: Do you think this deserved the best picture? Because I don't know. I think no. Shashig should have won it.
1: I think Pulp Fiction should have won it.
0: Yeah. Uh, one, one, either of those two, I wouldn't find over, over Forrest Gump.
1: <laughs> but all right. So, any final thoughts, Tommy? Yeah.
0: Uh, so, thank you guys for listening. You know, another great episode. Uh, you can follow us at Twitter instagram and tiktok at sunit pod um and you can leave us a five-star review on spotify apple wherever you get your podcast really helps out the show and next week we're covering what 500 days of summer
1: is that what it is sure looking forward to it
0: yeah it'd be a good little show at right, uh, one right there i think it'll be the ultimate muppet adaptation so <laughs> we'll
1: see you next time